You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. Amen. Have a seat, everybody. I got to tell you, it is so great to hear you sing. I have really missed that. (laughs) Um, mm. We've been doing this live stream for a long time now, and uh, I'm tired of hearing my own voice. (laughs) So it's awesome to hear you guys. Uh, Got me emotional. Uh, But anyways, happy uh, happy Fourth of July! I see a few people with red, white, and blue out on out there. So great job, guys. Quick, uh, quick fact about Fourth uh, of July. Why are there no knock-knock jokes about America? Because freedom rings. <laughs> That's a dad joke. Yeah. Uh, it's awesome to be back. Uh, my my family and I were traveling. We got to see my parents for the first time in you know a year and a half or more, and uh, my sisters. And we were out in New Jersey and in Pennsylvania, and uh, it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Uh, one thing that you do appreciate when you travel, uh, Blandon's, is the weather, <laughs> the South Bay weather. It was like 90 degrees and humid uh, out there, and uh, but it was so awesome to be with my family, so uh, fun and uh, relaxing and great. My sister uh, has moved from New Jersey to Pennsylvania in kind of the, a wood, wooded area, so there's this nature preserve near her house. They have a, a big house where we could all kind of gather with our whole family, 17 people, and uh, watch a lot of... Euro World Euro Cup uh, soccer and uh, just have a great time together. Some movies, and, but there's this nature preserve that I went to for some time uh, in prayer and time with God. And um, you know, it was like 85 degrees or something when I went, and humid. And uh, you know, some people thought I was crazy because I spent about three hours out there. It was one of those things where I just kind of wanted to see, can I can I do this? <laughs> What's my, what's my human limit here, you know, because I think it got up to be about 90, and, you know, I, I found this creek in the nature preserve, and I, I, I put my shirt into the creek, and then put my shirt back on, and it was like, okay, I'm good for another, you know, hour after that. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I did get a little bit lost, um, so, uh, you know, in these trails, in these woods, and uh, at one point, I got off this trail onto another spot, and I knew I, I'm going to get lost here, so I'm going to take a picture, so I took a picture with my phone of what it looked like at that spot. So then when I was on my way back, I'm like, yeah, I'm lost. And then I used my phone and looked at that picture and found my way back to that trail. Plus, I had the little blue dot I could follow, uh, just if, if nothing else, follow that to my sister's house. So that was great to have that guide. But I, I, I mentioned that anecdote because we are all on a spiritual journey, right? We're all on a spiritual walk through this life. And we all look for something to guide us. We all look for something to put our hope in or put our trust in or to direct us. Uh, and, and, and we're going to look today about, at that. We're going to finish out our series on reading Romans backwards and what it means to live by faith. The title of the lesson today is Faith from First to Last. Living by faith is really a theme throughout the book of Romans. And if you haven't been a part of this, uh, we started with the end of Romans because that kind of gives you the context of, of what Romans was about. And I'll review that a little bit. And then we kind of worked our way back and we're, we're ending today with the very first a few passages there in Romans. So before we jump into the the Word of God, I want to say a prayer just that God would open our hearts to His Word. Also pray for a few other needs in in our ministry here. God, we thank You just to be together here in person and here in this space and to be able to hear everybody sing in in this uh, 
This, it's a, a holy place. I know any, anywhere that we gather is a holy place because Jesus is here. And uh, it's just awesome to feel your presence, to sing that song to you. God, to just think about how amazing you are and how you love us. Um, God, I want to pray for uh, this time as we open your word, that you would uh, open our hearts to your word and to the message that your Holy Spirit wants to, co- to convey to us. I pray uh, that we'd be able to continue to meet here, God, as the, the Delta variant is spreading and things like that. I pray we don't have more lockdowns. I pray that we're able to, to continue to worship like this and uh, even to have our two worship locations in, in the months ahead. And I pray for um, Kathy Blanco's mom, Mary Carroll, who had a stroke and is in ICU right now, and uh, really pray for complete healing, complete restoration for her. Uh, I pray for Sandy Rutherford's continued healing from her foot surgery. I pray for Mia Steberg and uh, her battle with cancer. God, give her complete victory over the cancer in her body. I pray for the Quintanilla family as they are grieving uh, Jackie's uncle's passing. And pray for Jill Dickens and uh, just that she'd have complete recovery from her infection and, and the other issues that she's having. Uh, pray for Jessica Soto's mother-in-law, uh, Graciela Cortez, as she's in the hospital, as well as Rachel Johnson's dad and Denise Mills' mom and Celie's dad and Rosie's mom, who are all battling cancer. Uh, pray for uh, Helena Lisk, uh, uh, her uh, recently lost a friend. I pray you'd comfort that family. And lastly, I want to pray for Dele, uh, our brother who's serving uh, our country in Kuwait. God, I really pray that you keep him safe and bring him back to his family, uh, even ahead of schedule. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So turn over to Romans 1. I'm going to grab my water here. I, you know, a a year and a half of wearing masks and uh, washing my hands, I didn't get sick. But uh, now I caught a bad cold on this this trip. So I definitely need water. And if my voice stops working, I'll just say a prayer for communion and we'll (laughs) we'll be done. Amen. (laughs) Um, so Romans 1, I'm just going to look at, uh, we're going to kind of dig into one verse. I just want to read what comes before it. Paul's uh, writing here in Romans to, to these churches in Rome. I'll, I'll, I'll remind you of what the context is there in a second. He talks about his own ministry in verse 5. He says, through him we receive grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to obedience that comes from faith. And if you look in your Bible, there's a footnote that it could also be translated or is faith. So there's a connection between faith and how we live. You know, faith has to be accompanied by deeds or it's not faith. Now, we don't do we don't do our deeds so God loves us. It's not about performing so he'll care for us. But if we really have faith, then it's going to affect the decisions we make. It's going to affect the the choices we make, the, the way that we live our life. Uh, in the book, Reading Romans Backwards, there's a, a phrase that Scott McKnight repeats many, many times called lived theology. And that's just a Bible scholar's way of saying, hey, the Bible, you actually should live it. Yeah. You know, because Bible scholarship doesn't always go there. You know, a lot of times they talk in, in, the, in the theoretical. But we know, you know, the Bible is meant for our lives. It's meant to affect who we are and how we live. So as we talk about faith today, we're talking about how we live and, you know, obedience that comes from faith. Skipping down to verse 9, he says, God, whom I serve in my spirit in preaching the gospel of his son, is witness how constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times. And I pray that now, by God's will, at last the way may be open for me to come to you. So just a reminder, uh, Paul had never been to Rome yet, at least not to visit the church there. And so this, this church was started by uh, Jews who uh, were in Rome, a, 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 small, a small group of, of disciples, 
And then they, they, they saw Gentile believers become Christians. Then those Jews were kicked out of Rome. Uh, Priscilla and Aquila, we know from the book of Acts, they became companions and friends of Paul. They were some of the Jews who were kicked out of, of Rome. The Gentiles stayed, continued to build the church. It, it got up to, you know, by the time Paul wrote this letter, it was probably 8 or 10 or 12 or more. We don't know how many house churches were there in Rome. Uh, but probably a, a church in Rome about the same size as the South Bay Church. You know, uh, a couple hundred people or something at the most. Uh, but these are, these are believers that uh, were, it was a mixture of, of different kinds of people. There was the, the Jewish people who Paul refers to as the weak. And, the, and then the Gentile believers who Paul refers to as the strong. And, and to explain why one is weak and one is strong, you can go back and listen to the other lessons we've talked about. But that's who he's, he's writing to. He, he had wanted to go to Spain, uh, to, Spain to, to share the gospel in a place that had never had a church. So he wanted to plant a church in Spain. So his plan was, I'm going to get my way over to uh, Jerusalem and uh, taking collection, uh, special missions offering that the brothers and sisters have, have given for the, the disciples there and and, and in Jerusalem. Then after I get to Jerusalem, I'm going to go to Rome and I'm going to be with you guys in Rome and we're going to plant a church in Spain together. So that was his plan and that's why he's writing this letter and you kind of get to that at the end of the letter. So that, that, that's his plan. Now his plan didn't work out the way he wanted. When he got to Jerusalem, he actually got arrested. He got uh, uh, brought before different uh, emperors and kings. Uh, he, his plan was eventually to appeal to Caesar. So he does end up in Rome at the book of, end of the book of Acts, but it's not how he planned. Uh, uh, but he does actually make it to Rome at the end of the book of Acts. Now, uh, let's get to verse 16. This is where we're really going to dig into this passage here today. Verse 16, Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile, those two categories we're talking about. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. That's the title of our lesson today. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. So we're going to look at three things from this verse. Number one, not being ashamed of the gospel. Number two, the Jew and Gentile pathways. First the Jew, then the Gentile. Uh, we're going to look at faith from first to last and what it means to live by faith. So first, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why does Paul say that? Why does he say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel? Maybe because our tendency can be to be hesitant with our faith or to be quiet about our faith or to be afraid or to shrink back. And, and so he's bold and say, I'm not ashamed. I am so grateful to be a Christian. I'm so proud to be a Christian. Remember, Paul is suffering and he's, there's many uh, falsehoods being told about him. And he's, he's, you know, there's constantly these people coming behind him, these persecutors coming behind him and, and trying to spin his words. And, and yet Paul holds fast to this confidence in the gospel. Think about that picture. What does it mean to not be ashamed? Just to be like, I'm proud of this. I'm so grateful for this. And I hope that's the way you feel about being a Christian. I hope that's how you feel about being a disciple of Jesus. You know, Christianity has gotten a bad rap through the years. And Christianity, frankly, in, in general, has been a really bad representation of Jesus. And if you really study what Jesus taught and who Jesus was, a lot of what has been called Christianity really isn't Christianity. It's not really the Jesus way, is it? 
And yet because of the, the kind of hypocrisy and the stuff that Rhett talked about a little bit last week, a lot of people in our society really kind of look down on Christians or, oh yeah, those judgmental people or, oh yeah, those hip- hypocrites or, oh yeah, those Christians. And, and, and I, I want to be a part of, of, of reclaiming what it means to be a, a disciple of Jesus, pointing people to the real Jesus and to real discipleship. And, and it's amazing and it's transformative and it's what the world needs. He says the gospel brings salvation to the world. You know, the power of God that brings salvation. Salvation infers what? The world is lost. The, the world is not as it should be. Uh, there are problems. There are issues in the world. There is suffering. There is sin. There is abuse. There's racism. There's poverty. There's loneliness. But the gospel, that's why we have the gospel. The gospel is the answer to those problems, not any worldly movements or, or societies or, or ideas. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Now this word, uh, everyone who believes, uh, see that in verse 16? That word, believes, uh, is the same. Go back, go back to, uh, go back two slides. Yeah, that one's good. So uh, everyone who believes, that word belief is uh, the same word as faith, pistis. So we, we come, sometimes kind of separate faith and belief. My, my son Marshall, this helped him a lot in becoming a disciple and getting baptized, is understanding, because when we think about belief, we tend to think about it's something that I either do or I don't. Like I either believe in unicorns or I don't, you know. And we don't have a choice in it. You know, it's kind of something that just happens to us. Yeah, I believe it or I don't believe it. And that's not biblical belief. Biblical belief is the same word as faith. It's the action, you know, it's the action word of faith. It's the epistus. It's a decision of the will, of the heart, to say, I am choosing to believe this. I am choosing to live my life this way. Does that make sense? So it's different than just, oh, I just kind of happen to believe or happen to. And that keeps a lot of people from becoming disciples rather than understanding, no, this is a choice I can make in how to respond to God's grace. And faith, you know, faith means you don't have it yet. You can't see it yet. You, it's not obvious to you. It's not what you, you know, it, faith means trust, doesn't it? It's putting your weight on something and, 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 and you're deciding to trust this. Uh, you know, there, there is sometimes doubt. There is sometimes question. There is sometimes I hope God comes through, but you still step out. You still make that decision. It, it, it's waiting, it's hoping, it's trusting, it's believing in what lies beyond. It's obeying God even when we don't understand. And from the beginning of the Bible is that question of will we humans trust God? Right there in the very beginning. I mean, God sets it all up for them. It's this incredible situation in the Garden of Eden. And all, everything is, is there for them. Everything is cared for them. God is walking in the garden with them. And he just says, just this one thing, just don't eat of that one tree. Just the one, you know, I mean, all the other trees, everything else in the whole world, just this one boundary. And yet they don't trust him. What is Satan's voice? God is trying to keep something from you. God knows that he, you'll be like him if you have that. He's, he, he isn't a good God. He isn't a God you can trust. You need to take things into your own hands. And that's what they did. And that's what we do, right? We, we, don't, we don't want to trust what we can't see. We want to put our faith in what we want to put our trust into what we can see and what we can't hold on to, what we can see and touch and feel and taste and in the moment. And so Satan is always going to be tempting us with these other lesser things to put our trust in. Let's talk about this idea first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Uh, so next slide. Just kind of zooming in on each one of these. So Paul says this message, the way of faith, 
that he's sharing is to these two groups. And, and as I mentioned, you know, there was the weak and there was the strong. So it would probably be something like this. So the Jews, let's say that this group over here, those are the, the Jewish believers. And maybe they, as they were hearing this message, they were, Phoebe's the one who read it, remember, who came, uh, the, the deacon from the, uh, a church uh, in, in, in Greece. So she comes and she's reading this message of Romans and maybe the Jews are all over there. And they are all really into their religion. And they are really into following the Torah. And they kind of tend to be a little bit judgmental of all of you guys. You guys are the Gentiles. And you guys have more prestige. You guys have, you live in houses. You got good jobs. You know, you're kind of more established. These guys are always on the run. So they, they're in the apartments. They're, uh, you know, they've kind of got a little bit harder situation. They're also a little weaker in their faith because they want to rely on their religious deeds. Right? So they're kind of judgmental of you guys and, and you guys are a little bit snobbish towards them like you know you have contempt he says in, in Romans 14 for, for them so there's contempt over here there's judgment over here you know all oh, those Jews I mean what why don't they get past this I mean you know what I mean so that's that's the situation and Paul's saying both of these are are a problem and Rhett talked about this last week so in Romans 1 he really hits the Gentiles Gentiles tended to look to Again, things you can touch and see and feel and taste. They, they're looking to power. They're looking to wealth. They're looking to pleasure. They're looking to success. And then the Jews are looking to the religious performance, to ritual. They're trying to control God with their actions. And, and God owes me because I did the right things. And, you know, so either way, either pathway, there's two pathways that even us today, we can take in our lack of trust. There's the way of the Gentiles, again, serving wealth or pleasure, trying to climb the corporate ladder, social success, the worldly way. We know that in the worldly way. That's the way the world sees it. Even though we are in a totally different culture as a church, we've probably chosen that worldly way, and maybe we do even today. Maybe we've been tempted in that this last year and a half to kind of look to the things of the world. The other pathway, the Jewish pathway, is to put our trust in religious performance and, and try to control God with our actions and try to establish a righteousness that is our own. It talks about it in Romans 2 and Romans 10. So as Rhett talked about last week, Romans 1 hits the Gentiles. Romans 2 hits the Jews. Romans 3 is like, we're all a mess. We all need a Savior. We all need Jesus. And we see these two audiences in Jesus' message as well, in his teaching, right? He was ministering to the tax collectors and the sinners and the, the worldly people. And he was also ministering to the Pharisees. But he hit them differently, didn't he? Like Nicodemus was a Pharisee who became a disciple. There was Pharisees that became Christians, but he really challenged them because they were so stuck in their religion. Right? But there was these two audience. Even the, think of the story that he told of the loving father who had two sons. And one son takes all of his father's inheritance and goes and squanders it on wild living, it says. And he ends up penniless and lonely and, 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 and empty. That's the Gentile way, right? That's the, the, the worldly way. Uh, and then there's the second son, who he's still at, at the house with the father, but he becomes cynical and he becomes jaded and he becomes ungrateful and he's selfish. And that's the Jewish or the Pharisaical or the, the religious way. And I mentioned both of those because you're going to be tempted in either one because it's easier to put your trust into what you can see and feel and touch and taste and hold on to instead of having to continually go back and trust God. And I think especially older Christians, we can tend to, to kind of look to those, uh, the, the religious stuff. I'm a Christian because I would go to this church or I do these things or instead of having a dynamic and vibrant and growing relationship with God. 
Then he says, he says that in the gospel, a righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. It's by faith from first to last. Um, we didn't really get to go into it, but in Romans 5, Paul talks, and it's pretty dense, but you can read this on your own, but Paul talks about how Adam represents the first man and Jesus represents the last man. And what he means by that is there, Adam, as I mentioned a minute ago, he represents that human way of, of, of just trying to take control instead of trusting God. But Jesus opens up a new door, a new way, a new reality. His, his resurrection is what allows for this breaking in of the kingdom of God and, and, and the grace of God that can transform our lives. That was never available before, the Holy Spirit to dwell within us and to guide us. And so that's why Paul gets so excited about that way of the Spirit as he talks about it in Romans 8. Now we are more than conquerors. Now through the Spirit we can call the Creator God our Daddy. That was never available before. And the Spirit himself intercedes for us in our suffering and in our weakness. And so, you know, I appeal to you if, you, if you do feel like you are trusting in what you can see or what you can hold on to. Let's say, you know, you're, you're trusting in a relationship or in, 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 in money or in, you know, your job or in financial success or in, what, you know, something humanistic. I want to challenge you as, as we're, you know, entering into uh, our next phase as a church, as, 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 as we're getting back together. So remind, just, I want to go back to the basics. I want to go back to re- relying on God. I want to trust in him. I want to be devoted to him. I want to I fe- have a faith that fills me up and, and gets me vibrant and excited. That's the way of the spirit. Or if you have been trusting in, you know, religious ritual or, or, or kind of going through the motions, uh, again, return to God, trust in God. These two ways of trust in God or not trust in God the way of the flesh or the way of the spirit, Paul contrasts those in Romans 7 and Romans 8. And I'm kind of reminding you of the content that we, we hit already just because this is our last Sunday in, in Romans. But So Romans 7, remember Paul says, I know the good I ought to do, but I don't do it. You know, I, the, the evil I don't want to do, this I keep on doing. And, and the good I know I ought to do, I, I, I try to do it, but I don't do it. I keep falling short. And, 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 and he, he's just frustrated in his humanity. He goes, what a wretched man I am. Who shall, who shall rescue me from this body of death? You know, have you ever felt that way as a Christian? You know, scholars debate, is, this, is Paul talking about himself before he was a Christian? Or is he talking about himself after he's a Christian? Or what is he talking about? I think it's both. I mean, he, he, ta- he says, this is who I am. I think he's talking about, this is who I am in the flesh. If I'm not living the way of faith, if I'm not living by the Spirit, this is how I end up. I'm frustrated. I'm, I'm trying to do what's right. I keep messing up. I'm fallen. And so, the, you know, ask yourself, are you, is that describe you? Are you in the way of the flesh? You know, is, or is God, are you in the way of the Spirit where God is guiding you and you're conquering over sin and you're trusting in, in His love, even in hardship? I mean, Romans 8 is amazing. He's like, nothing can separate us from God's love. Not trouble, not hardship, not danger, not nakedness or sword. And he, and he quotes all these Old Testament uh, uh, passages about the difficulties that we'll go through. We're not promised an easy life as Christians, right? We're promised hardship. But God guides us through all that. And God is even able to work for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. If we're living the way of faith, if we're living by the Spirit. How do you know if you're not trusting? How do you know if you're not living in the way of the Spirit? I think a simple question is to say, how, how are the fruits of the Spirit in my life? Like in general, am I anxious and afraid and frustrated and angry? Or am I love, joy, peace, patience, kindness? 
Because those are things that don't come from ourselves. They come from the Spirit and dependence on the Spirit. So if, 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 you, if you've fallen into the way of the flesh, I want to challenge you today to get back to the Spirit. You know, if, you, if, you're, if you're a disciple of Jesus, get back to the Spirit. The way of faith, in contrast with the, the way of the flesh, is, is, is all throughout Romans 1 through 8. And I just want to remind you of a few of these things. Uh, uh, they'll be on the screen. The, in the way of faith, we have grace. Romans 5, 6, uh, 5, 2, and Romans 6, 1. The way of faith, we have justification. We have righteousness. We have justice. The way of faith, we have peace with God and reconciliation. We have glory. God's glory. Sharing in God's glory. Boasting in glory. That word glory is repeated in all those verses that you see on the screen. We have hope. We have life. Look at all those verses that talk about the life that we have in Christ. We have love. We have the Spirit to guide us. We're saved from God's wrath. And we're saved by the life of God. We have liberation from bondage. We're no longer enslaved to sin. We belong to one another in the body of Christ in the way of faith. We're children of God. We're adopted as his sons. We have redemption We have a future redemption of our bodies, resurrection of our bodies, and we have redemption now in the present from our sin. We're called and we're predestined from a human condition to a glorified position. Remember, Adam is the way of man. Jesus is the way of the new man, the new reality. And we get to be like him. We get to be transformed into his likeness as we're journeying here on earth. And we get to be new creations in heaven with an eternal body. Christoformity, that's a a word that... um, that Scott McKnight means that uses a lot, which just means we're, we're being shaped into Jesus's likeness. So we become more and more like him. We have Jesus's intercession, Christ's intercession. We have secure relationships. We are conquerors in life. In fact, he even says we are more than conquerors, doesn't he? Why wouldn't anybody want that, right? Why wouldn't anybody want all of the, those things? It's just because the temptation is real. The, 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 the decision to trust, the decision to, to live by faith is, is, is a daily decision we got to make. And we're always going to continue to slide back into humanistic thinking if we're not careful. I want to be more than a conqueror, don't you? I don't want to kind of, you know, have this existence where I'm kind of barely making it into heaven. I want to be like, man, God is with me and this is awesome and the Spirit is with me and this is incredible. Um, we were watching the Euro Cup, as I mentioned, with uh, my family. My, my brother-in-law's from Turkey, so he's you know European, and he's super into into all these teams, and they know all the all the players and stuff. His whole family. So we watched quite a few games, and uh, it was a lot of fun. But this one game, uh, the Ukraine Sweden game. Did anybody see the Ukraine Sweden game? Okay, a couple of you did. So this was a crazy game, you know, and it ended. It, it was the latest winning goal in. Uh, Euro Cup or World Cup history, I think. So it was, you have your regular game of 90 minutes, and then you have your extra time, which is another 30 minutes, and then they have what's called stoppage time, so the ref just gets to add on a little time for, because somebody got hurt or whatever, so they'll add in time. So this last goal, they were tied, so they think it's going to go to penalty kicks, and then um, in stoppage time, uh, a guy scores a goal, like right, right before the ref blew the whistle, and Ukraine won. And uh, it was just amazing. And they, they showed this clip of this guy. I tried to find it so I could show it to you guys, but I couldn't find it online anywhere. But it shows this guy, this Ukrainian uh, 
team member, and, and he, he was like, like this. <laughs> and he pumped his, we were like, he pumped his arms, like, it must have been like 20 times, he's just like. <laughs> and then they're showing in slow motion, I'm like, that's the way I, that, what, what's that? I was like, that's the way I want to be as a Christian. That's what more than a conqueror looks like. You know, man, this is awesome. We're back in, we're back in the SDA singing together. Oh, this is awesome. You know, it's, it's awesome. It's, a, it, it's amazing. It's faith from first to last. It's faith from first. You know, if you haven't made that decision to become a disciple, if you haven't made the decision to be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, it's a faith decision. It's a decision. You know, you're never going to have it all figured out. You're, you know, I think especially kingdom kids, uh, children that grow up in the church have this mentality like, okay, at first I got to be perfect, then I can become a Christian. You know, first I have to do everything right, then I become... No, no you become a Christian so you can have the Spirit, so you can be transformed, right? Uh, you know, you, you, you are lost, you know, just like the rest of us. And so it's a faith decision to go, I don't know if I can do it, but I, I'm going to trust God in it. I appreciate my daughter, Cora, you know, her, her perspective. She became a Christian in high school and a young age. And, and uh, I can't believe she's a senior this year. That's crazy. But um, she, she, she goes, you know, life is going to be hard if I'm a Christian or it's going to be hard if I'm not a Christian. I would rather have Jesus with me, you know. That's that decision of faith to go, I, I know it's going to be hard no matter what, but I'm gonna, I want Jesus with me. Um, and so I want to challenge you to, to take that step to, to study the Bible, to get baptized, to, to, to be transformed. Have that faith uh, start. Have that faith from first, beginning. If, even if you're watching this YouTube video, you know, uh, weeks from now, uh, as people do, people are watching our videos, you know, get in touch with us through the links in the, in the video description. We would love to study the Bible with you. Or if you're in another part of the country, we'd love to connect you with some disciples so you can study the Bible and uh, become a Christian. It's a faith from first. But it's also a faith to last, from first to last. And, and so, brothers and sisters, a lot of you are, have been around a long time. Yeah. A lot of you are old Christians. You know, you got baptized 20 years ago or 30 years ago, some of you. And uh, as has been said many times, the Christian life is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's a long journey through the desert towards the promised land. But God provides along the way. And, and, and we've got to continue to trust him, continue to live by faith, to continue to put our hope in him. That desert journey is a great metaphor for the Christian life in that God gave them manna every morning, right? He, he led them by his presence in the cloud and in the fire. He was always there with them, but they were tested, right? God says, I tested you in, in, in Deuteronomy to see what was in your heart. Uh, but he says, your shoes didn't wear out. And you, you always had enough to eat, and you always provided for us. That's the Christian life. God gives us what we need. You know, Jesus told us to pray, um, give us this day our what? Daily bread. Right? It's, it's, okay, give me what I need for today, God. You know, it, it's not, okay, God, give me my bread for the next three years so I don't have to trust in you. <laughs> right? That's what we want. But that's the rich fool. Okay, I'm going to store up, and then I don't have to worry. That, we are always going to be tempted with that and instead of trusting God that he's going to give us enough. And, um, you know, to live by faith means sometimes not, it's, it, it's the big picture, okay, I'm going to live by faith for he, I see heaven and the, what God's doing in the world and how God's going to, going to change society. That's living by faith. But sometimes it's just like, God, get me through to tomorrow. 
Get me through this one conflict I'm having. Get me through this parenting issue. Get me through this issue at work today. You know, like that I think is more kind of the practical aspect of living by faith. Um, when I was walking through the, the, the forest by my sister's house, you know, and I was like, you know, it's 90 degrees and humid. And I'm like, sometimes it was like, I don't, I don't know how long I'm going to be out here, but I, I know I can make it to that shade of trees over there. You know, so I get there and okay, I know I can get to that brook over there. And then I get there and, you know, it's kind of once to the next milestone or the next step. And I think that's the way of faith for us. You know, what, what is it for you? And, and obviously we want to see greater things happen than just making it. But, but we've got to have that mindset of God has, is going to give me enough for this moment, for this, you know, whatever we're in right now, God's going to provide for us. I know I'm promised to make it if I just don't give up. Right? If you don't, if you don't make the daily decision to trust in, in God and, and be led by the Holy Spirit and, and be in uh, the vine, remaining in Him, you will not make it. You cannot do it on your own. You cannot make it to the end on your own power. You have to trust Jesus. And, it, it, you know, if you haven't been tested in this last year and a half, may, I mean, God bless you, but, you know, <laughs> you will be tested, right? Uh, and, and so the righteous will live by faith. And uh, Paul ends this, 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 these verses by quoting this uh, from Habakkuk 2, that, that's a quote from Habakkuk 2, the righteous will live by faith. And that becomes a theme for the whole book of Romans is this idea of, of the righteous will live by faith. And I don't have time to go through it, but uh, I'll send this out for a Bible talk. Uh, but that, I, I looked back at that uh, verse in, in Habakkuk that he was quoting from. And it's a really powerful verse. You know, a lot of times when Paul quotes something to the believers, he might just use one little part of it, but I think in their mind, especially the Jewish believers, they, they're hearing the whole thing, you know, the whole passage. So it's helpful to go back and read Habakkuk 2. And Habakkuk, the story is that God was going to use the Babylonians. Habakkuk was frustrated, and Steve preached about this in our prophet series. Habakkuk was frustrated by that. Why are you using worldly people, God? Why are you using the Babylonians? And, and, and so God, in response to his complaint, he he, he's, he Talk, he fleshes out what it mean, what the Babylonians are like, what the worldly way is. You know that they are trusting in unjust gain, and they are unrighteous, and, and they are they're building a city based on injustice, and and all of that. But in all of that worldliness, the righteous will live by faith. Amen. And so that's who we're called to be. We're called to be an alternate society. We're called to be a different kind of people, a new humanity, the way of Jesus, not the way of Adam. Right? Even in a worldly society that's putting trust in all these other things. We're continually, the righteous will live by faith. Amen? And uh, so as we take communion, uh, I want to remind you that Jesus is our bread of life. Jesus is our manna in the morning as we're going through the desert. You know, Jesus said, come to me and I'll give you bread of life. Come to me and you'll be filled with living water. We've got to, again, remain in the vine, remain in Jesus. And communion is a great time to be reminded of that. And to put our trust back in Jesus and his saving grace instead of in these other things that we look to. Uh, I'm so glad that to be a part of this community of faith. I'm so excited about what God's going to do in the years ahead. I'm so glad to be back. You know, this is today, as, as is mentioned, is our first time meeting indoors since March 8th, 2020. And, uh, you know, if you would have told us, okay, if God would have said, okay, here's the plan. You're not going to be able to meet together for a year and a half. I would have been like, What? But this is going to test the church. This is going to see what we're made of. This is going to help us to put our focus into the right things. I would have been like, that's a bad plan, Lord. <laughs> you know? yeah. 
you know? But, uh, but you know, God knows what he's doing. You know, I've learned a lot this last year and a half. I, I, I feel like I've grown spiritually like I hadn't in a long time. And, and, and it made me, it showed me like God is so much bigger than, like the, the church is so much more than like an event or a, a, I mean, we always say it. We say the church is not a building you go to. It's not an event you attend. It's a family you belong to. It's not a building you go to. It's not an event you attend. It's a family you belong to. And boy, God has shown us that this last year and a half. We're still together. We're still here, right? And, and you guys have contributed and you've participated. And even if it's been on your couch, you know, as you eat your breakfast, you know, you, you've been a part of this family and, and, and a lot more than that, you know. Uh, but amen, God has shown us what the church really is. And it gives me confidence that God knows what he's doing. I can trust him completely. And, and church can be awesome even if it is just a few people. You know, I like it better with all of us. But, but, but you know, this is the way of faith. And so let's, uh, let's be reminded of that as we, as we share in communion together as a family gathered inside uh, to take this communion meal together. Let's pray. God, thank you for the daily bread uh, that you give us. Uh, God, that you provide for us physically, but you also provide for us spiritually that Jesus is our bread of life. Um, thank you for this time to remember his body and his blood given for us, even as we eat this bread and drink this cup, to remember uh, that you know, Jesus died for us so that we could have the way of faith, so we could have all those benefits we talked about. We could have the Spirit guiding us and you as our daddy, and we get to go home to be with you forever, God, in the transformed heaven and earth, the new heaven and earth that you will create or are even creating now. Thank you for this time of remembrance and reflection and bless our time of communion. Thank you that we could share it together as a family. Even those who are connected with us on the live stream, God, I pray that they can uh, share with this communion uh, in their homes and uh, just bless this time. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us. 